In episode 1.6 of Unshuffled, we discuss the sixth album from THE Atomic Bitchwax. It's called Gravitron. But first, here's our awesome intro music from Seven Planets. Scotty D. Matt, how are you? Good. We got a faster, heavier bitchwax album to contend with here. <laughs> we sure do. We absolutely do. Mm. Uh, how's everything in your world? <laughs> I don't know. I it's you know everyone around the world's going through the same thing. This sort of uh, losing the, the whole concept of time is it's become this completely elastic concept um it's creating some really strange uh mental sort of gymnastics and dilemmas uh, you know as as one day blends into the next but i'm sure all our listeners are feeling the same thing see i'm 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 up in the mountains of vermont and the reason i'm able to keep track of time is because it snows every damn third day <laughs> so every time it snows i think to myself well three days must have passed well at least it creates a change of scenery for you You've got some days where it's white <laughs> and some days where it's not <laughs> at least it's may 9th yeah. it's time to it's time to stop snowing mm. whoever i can uh whoever i can uh write about that yeah. um but yeah it's but here we are we have uh we have we have we have, we have two more bitch wax albums to uh, to contend with coming oh, we've up. We've got here. one that currently exists and one that will exist in a few weeks. It is on on its way. Mm. Uh, listeners, there, there's a link to the pre-release artwork and track listing for the yet to be released album in the show notes, so you can check it out there. It's called Scorpio. It's out on May 29th, so it will be. I think we have to do it, right? Oh, of course we have to do it. Yeah, we can't come all this way and, and stop just as they release their new album. So, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, right, right, right. Absolutely. Mm. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the album cover as we speak. Yeah, it's and, pretty cool. Uh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm I'm, look, I'm definitely looking forward to this. Yeah. Anyway, listeners, this is unshuffled. Uh, if you haven't listened before. Uh, we're all about intentional listening. We're listening to albums from start to finish without shuffling them up. Hmm. Uh, track by track, album by album. And our band, the first band that we've covered, that we've given the unshuffled treatment, is the Atomic Bitchwax out of New Jersey. Uh, Stoner Rock sort of royalty uh, that, surprisingly, neither of us had ever listened to before we started this podcast. So. Uh, that's changed dramatically now. We've listened to this band a lot <laughs> in the last few months um, and thoroughly enjoyed them along the way. So uh, we've got a new one for you tonight. Uh, we're up to, what is it, their sixth album? Sixth uh, album. Sixth album called Gravitron. Um, and Scott uh, will talk you through the bio for the album. One one of the reviews that 
I had read, I'm just before I start into the bio here, was described the album as Thunder Boogie. And uh I'm I'm kind of loving that term as a description for atomic bitch wax going going all the way back. Um this one now is coming out in 2015. So we've got again uh looks what four years since the local fuzz. Um yes. this is in April of 2015. Mm-hmm. And it was produced again by the Atomic Bitchwax. Um, this one is recorded; ha- was recorded at three studios, and none of them was at the. Remember when they first started? They were recording everything at Tracks East. Yeah. And they sort of, I guess, now the last couple albums they've moved away from that, and so this was recorded in Long Branch at Shorefire and Keyport at the Freak Shop, and then again at the Panic Room, which I think is where the local fuzz was recorded. And so yeah, they did I some think, traveling. Yeah, I think the main one was the the Shorefire, and on the, I mean, I've got the CD cover here. The recording and mixing was done at Shorefire, and then it says additional recording at panic room and the, and the freak shop so yeah i think okay uh and uh sorry to cut in but um monster magnet had done had used the same studio for a 2013 or so album and as we okay. know by now these guys are all in monster Magnet, or two you know except for finn ryan uh there's a you know we're back to that great crossover between the two bands right well now and now this is I mean, if you read some of the interviews, they kind of monster magnets their day job. And when monster magnet goes on hiatus, that's when they can. And which explains the four year, Mm. the four year absence there. Um, So the lineup to go into that, we've got Chris Kosnick, who is on the Fender Jazz Bass, which was specified here. Um, Vocals and then Finn Ryan, guitar, vocals and Bob Pantella, drums and piano. Mm -hmm. Bob's giving us a little piano on this one. Yeah. Yep, lovely. So that is as far as the production. And then the, well, I want to talk a little bit about sort of with regards to, uh, oh, sorry, the the artwork. Yep. What, okay, so Anthony Zito Mm -hmm. did the artwork for this album. Yep. And I went back to look at what else he had done Mm. and i found um links to sort of his various artistic his websites where he sells his artwork i did you find other album covers that he had done uh no i didn't see any other album covers are there others i didn't see any that's what it seemed i didn't this seemed to have been maybe a one-off project for him yeah he seems to do a lot of portraiture uh, Mm -hmm. and some local sort of street art murals and things in his uh, it's around new i think he's in new york yeah new york city yes mm. and so it was just it was interesting i'm curious to know i mean it may not be an interesting story but i'm curious to know how that sort of connection and relationship came to be uh i i like i will say with regards to the album cover i, I do like it it's sort of that 19 50s, 60s, pulp comic, kind of early radio show, sort of of the mesmerizer, kind of a Chandu the Magician, early Doctor Strange. I I liked it. Yeah, I actually think this is my favorite artwork so far from them. Yeah. Uh, 
And I suspect I some of those recent album covers were done by the band, and I think outsourcing to a recognised visual artist has paid off for this one. I, I really <laughs> do like this. And, yes, there's a girl on the cover, as there often is, but this is in context. This is the magician's assistant, and I love the rendering of the kind of evil-looking magician with the lightning bolts coming out of his fingers. I think it's a, um, a very nice drawing and obviously a very good artist. Yeah, I agree. Uh, do you want to talk studio and production briefly? Uh, it's The mastering's Alan Boucher, our old, our old friend. Mm -hmm. um, and but the studio is, I think, a step up for them. Just looking at the studio website, and again, I've linked to that on the show notes. This seems like a very top-level studio, and, and the sound on this is, I think, the cleanest and best production we've heard from them so far. I, uh, the, the sound that they get out of the drums on this album is so good. It's so clear and clean, and it was – it, and I guess we'll talk about it later, but it kind of – it reminisced. I remember when we talked about the first album and, and I loved the sound of the drums just, but this is, this sort of harkens back to that with that big drum sound again, but it, it is definitely cleaner and they definitely had more toys at their disposal while sort of mixing and recording and, and, and playing with that recording yep. value. Yeah. He's got a big Tom, a big floor tom and whenever he hits that on this it, it just sort of the whole thing booms but in a really it doesn't get muddy um pantella's the, the the drum tech on this is is fantastic i think i was so what the one thing and this comes up in several of the interviews is it talks about how it has sort of that that 70s sound to the drumming and i i had recorded with a band uh, many years ago. And I remember when we went in to record, we took several of those sort of more kind of, we were looking for that exact drum sound mm -hmm. and we took it into the studio and we're trying to figure out how to get that drum sound. We never got it. We could not figure out how to get it. They got it. Mm. And I don't know. I don't know. I would love to, I don't know if, if Kosnick ever got back to your email, but that would be one of my questions. How did you get that sound? Well, unfortunately, he hasn't yet, but I'm still, I'm sure, it'll, you know, it's only days away. Um, yeah, the drum sounds great. I also think there's a much more metallic edge to the guitar on this album than we've heard previously. And again, a much cleaner sound in the guitar. The bass is less prominent than it has been mm -hmm. on, on some of the previous albums. But it kind of falls still, into the mix a little bit. Yeah, but still very, you know, you're never going to lose Cosnick in, in a three-piece. But there is a, a really nice, more metallic edge to the guitar and a cleaner but powerful drum sound on this. So um, there's another – they do some metal bands in that same studio. I, I've also linked to an album from Overkill. Yes. And I've never really listened to Overkill. Maybe we can uh. – Maybe they can be our next band. Who knows? I might put them on my list for the put next band. 
I do but have an the, overkill story, but I can save it for some other day. Save it for another day. <laughs> but the drum, just the drum sound on the on the overkill album that I've linked to is fantastic. I'm I'm not overly sold on every other member of the band. Perhaps it'll grow on me. I might give it a few more listens. But the drums are amazing on that overkill album as well. And that's got the double kick too. I do want to go back to what you were saying about the uh the bass on this album and and i do agree that it, it falls into the mix um more than maybe we've heard on other albums but at the same time i think some of his best bass playing is quietly happening mm. in in that sort of in this in this album like just some of the just some of the the it's it's he does he's got the grooves um, he's always going to have the grooves, but he's doing some really cool riffs that are really kind of understated yeah. and which, I don't know, which adds to it as well, because it's not something that I necessarily noticed on the first listen. It was coming back to the fourth or fifth listen where it's like, well, how did I miss that before? Mm. Yeah. He's, um, he's an excellent bass player. He, he mm. honestly is one of my favorites. He's in my list of favorite bass players and, you know, the fact that I hadn't heard of him three months ago is a little embarrassing, but you know how quickly your opinions and your you know things can change. You know, hearing this guy has um, sort of given me a new appreciation of the the instrument generally. It's not something I usually seek out. I usually mm. look for the drums, and then okay, what's the the guitar riff doing? But now this the bass of Kosnick over these. Six albums has really got me appreciating a good bass player again. You know, not yeah. since Geezer Butler has ever sort of sought out what's the bass guy doing. Oh, in that's, that's usually my go-to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so um, let's get into the track by track. We'll save our thoughts for the end, um, you know, our overall album thoughts. I might just preface it, though, by saying not all of the reviews for this album that I've read are positive. Hmm. Uh, there's a couple of links that, are, again, are on the show notes that suggest this was met with mixed reviews. So let's see what we think and then sum it up at the end and see if we can see if we agree with that mixed feeling or whether we're as positive about this as we have been about pretty much all their, their albums so far. Great. So, well, let's start with Executioner. Yeah. What an opener, huh? What <laughs> terrible, opener. terrible name. I'm going to, yeah. I just, I want to put that out there, but isn't, isn't that a character from Gua? It, Oh my gosh, you're right. It is. I think it's a, one yeah, of the yeah, band yeah, members right. in Gua is the Sexecutioner. The Sexecutioner. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's so, okay. So there you go. Or it's at least a song by Guar, uh, but it, it, it works for Guar. The, however, with that said, this, um, in, in the mornings when, so my, my wife would be on zoom meetings and I've got the kids and we're doing breakfast mm -hmm. and, and I would put this on and just, it, everybody was dancing. We were all three of us just dancing and just grooving to this song. I've got, we're back in our house now. And so I've got the proper speakers now for the first time. I'm listening to these as I want to hear them. Yep. And man, 
this is this is just the way to start the day. It's a great opening track. Very aggressive, very muscular. Fast song. It's over quickly, but they pack a lot into the you know two and a half or so minutes. Um, I love the opening drums. I love the buildup yeah. of the drums. Uh, mm. He does. I think there's baseballs on here. Um, there's that cool little bass run mm. as we get over the halfway mark. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I. Yeah, but also, I mean, there's some nice. It feels like it's building up to something, and part of the reason for that is the lyrical, um, the lyrics they use, where they say, you know that. Early on, he says, we've only got 10 minutes to go. And then the second mm -hmm. verse, we've only got five minutes to go. And then the third verse, we've only got one minute to go. And it does have a, a kind of explosive finish. Um, Isn't the, there? I, I the, read somewhere that there's a story behind all, like with these lyrics. And I'm wondering if that's building up to it. Yeah, there is some mention of a comet that's hitting the earth that is touched on in, in one or two of the other songs. I wasn't quite as – I didn't quite pick it up as, you know, as much as perhaps I was expecting from that interview, but there, there is a comet hitting the earth some, you know, theme somewhere in this album. Um, the, one of the things that helped me appreciate this song even more was seeing the guitar tab, and it mentions in the – in two parts of this song, it says the timing here is tricky. In the break and in the outro where it's – and if you try and keep – you know, sometimes you do this on a helmet album or something. You try and, okay, where where's he playing the riff here? And it starts to get, oh, hang on, oh, what's he done there? They have that in the break. The second break is a subtle variation on the first break. And then in the outro, there's – and a really clever uh, finish to this song. The other thing that stood out for me is after the bass solo, we get Finn Ryan's first solo on the album, and this guitar god just emerges that I didn't know existed prior to this. I mean, I always, I've always liked Finn Ryan's playing, but he is like shredding like as if he's dueling you know, Mundell at the crossroads. Mm -hmm. um, his, his solos on this and a lot of the other songs throughout, he, he has stepped up his solo work on this album and, and also stepped up, um, you know, into the limelight a little more as well. So there's two solos on this and they're both great. Right. This is one, I believe Kosnick is singing this. And I, I'm starting to be able to, I'm listening to that. You've, last couple albums you've been talking about that R that hard R sound. And I think yeah. that's cosmic. And I think he's got kind of this slacker drawl when he, when he, when he sings and he kind of hangs on that R and, and so in doing so, whereas cosmic does a lot more singing on this album. Um, yeah. And, and I think that definitely frees Finn Ryan up to, to have at it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, and great I'm, opening song. And I'm always impressed when, when the bass player is, is is not just sort of just keeping a beat, but actually playing riffs and singing at this. It's not easy to do. Mm. Um, and Cosnick does it well. Yeah. 
So they pack a lot into two minutes and 50. It's a great opening song. Is it my favourite? Uh, let me come back to that. It's it's certainly in the running. I, I thought I'd leave that decision until this discussion, but it's one of my favourite songs on the album and a, a really strong opening track. And, and almost like they're saying, you know, all that stuff we were doing on tab four, don't expect any more of that on this album. You're not going to get that. <laughs> this is something new now. But tab, tab four was, I mean, how many years ago was that? At yeah. this point, tab four was 2009. So, yeah, some time has passed. Six years ago. Um, so now moving into No Way Man, mm. um, which is – or sorry, No Way Man, I'm sure. Uh, the, the, this, again, when it came on, as soon as execution is done, we jump into this one. And again, we just – nasty opening bass riff and, and the guitar playing over it. And again <laughs> – in my notes, I've just got for this, this second song now the drums with an exclamation mark. It was just the the way that everything that but the melody um, and the way everything fit together. This song put it put this song up into the running of one of my favorites. Yeah, it's certainly in the running for me too. It's another in a long line of uninspiring song titles from this band. Right. No way, man. And, you know, it follows from Hail Right, You Ought to Know, Don't Do It. They're, they're good at writing song titles that don't really mean anything. The other thing that stood out for me, as well as those factors you've already mentioned, again, we have the Finn Ryan solos through this. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm already starting to see where your Brownlow votes might be going, and perhaps you're starting to see where mine might be going. But I think there's something like four Finn Ryan solos throughout this. Yes. And it's not a long song. No. So, um, yeah, this sort of new, this new guitar god, Finn Ryan, is, is back already in the second song. I am missing the vocal harmonies a little bit now that Kosnick is pretty much dominating that. Hmm. But I'm happy to have guitar god, Finn Ryan. It's a, it's a really mature song, I thought a song by a band that has gotten very good at writing good songs. It's well-structured. I love the the stop-start riffing throughout the verses and then the sort of groovier chorus. There's a little bit of poet poetic sort of nature in some of the lyrics here, Poseidon and Cassiopeia, writing with me in circles and shadows. Um I think they're referencing some comet hitting the Earth, and the film clip seems to suggest buildings falling over and comets flying through space. So I think that might be that they're continuing with that theme here. Right. But a great mix of aggressive verses and, and a groovy, groovy bassy chorus, and just a really good song. I thought I really enjoyed it, and yeah, it's in the running. It's one one of those two probably are my favourites. One of those first two. Maybe. There's some other good ones as well, but we'll get into those in a moment. But, yeah, really good song. And then so I, then we move into It's All Right. It's All and Right. Another uninspiring song title. <laughs> it's All Right. Um, and it, here again, it's, it, we just this, this trio of just right out of the gate. 
We're just yep. sort of like boom, boom, boom. And um, mm. of the three, if I had to, this is sort of, I felt like this is, it was good. I, I like the song, but there was more of a, it gave more of a breathing space mm -hmm. of the three. Yeah. There was a Twitter question I saw. Name this, the album that has the best first three songs. And I half tongue in cheek threw this one up just because it was what I was listening to. But the first three songs on this album are great. Right. Uh, there's some more clever lyrics here. There's that, again, the groove in the chorus. The, there's a bit of thrashiness in Pantella's playing. He does do the... <laughs> You know a lot mm -hmm. more on this album through, through through the verses in particular, which really sets it up for the contrast with the chorus. Uh, we've got uh, I, I don't know if you've seen the film clip to this. We've got sort of rock star Kosnick here as well. He's got his <laughs> white teeth and his denim jacket and his aviators on, and he he's looking pretty cool. Um, and some really fun and clever lyrics about. I guess some sort of um, um, seductress type a woman who they're all infatuated with. It's it's a, a fun, you know, and as so many of their songs are, it's a fun song and a really tight song and a great third song. I mean, by this stage, I'm like, wow, this this album's amazing. I'm hoping they can continue with this, which. Then leads us into War Claw. Yep. Now, did Drop you hear the, how this was named, this song? It, well, no. Actually, no. I was going to ask because – go ahead. Uh, apparently, on their European tours, they could never pronounce the name of the Polish city, Rocklaw, and they always oh, called it Warclaw. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that ended up becoming the song title. This, okay, so – um, I'm a huge fan of the song title. Mm. Uh, I thought it was an awesome song title. And I think that this just, uh, again, again, the drums, the bass, the, 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 the solos, what Finn Ryan's doing, but what uh, what Kosnick's doing and the way that they even sort of back off and let the other one in. And there's sort of that kind of just, each one has their moment and they let the other come in and have their moment. I think this one is probably in the running for one of my favorite instrumentals by the Atomic Bitchwax period. Yep. So this one and and then another one on this album. Mm -hmm. But one of these two is my favorite instrumental by this band. I haven't quite sorted out which one yet. I go back and forth each time I listen. Yeah, it's on a lot of their set lists, this song. So commonly played live. I think their instrumentals are where Kosnick really shows off. Mm -hmm. And he does it on this, as you said, with the other members stepping back and letting him letting him take over uh, various times. Uh, I'm not sure if you picked it up, but there's uh, right at the end of this, you can hear, I think it's Kosnick say, all right, uh, which I thought was a nice touch. And they do that again on a later song. Uh, where you right. get a little glimpse into, you know, for such a cleanly produced album, I don't think it's a mistake that you hear him say that. I think it's that sort of uh, fourth wall where you actually get a 
a glimpse into the band in the studio and a nice touch right at the end to say, yeah, I was happy yeah. with that. <laughs> right, exactly. I agree. Um, and it 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 allow it, it it sort of ends that run mm. of those four f- songs. Um, yep. Of I mean, no pun intended. Of these four songs starting the album and, and coming in hot. Uh, yeah, and, I don't kind think of, I would and, have and, wanted another in another fast tempo song here. Normally, on the previous albums, we might have got the cover at this point. Right. But we and don't get a cover on this one. We don't. And instead, what we get, we get coming in hot. And it's this song is. I guess I don't. I don't have. Do you have in front of you? How long is this song? Mm. Uh, it's not listed on my. Okay. Well, I'll find it. Um, but uh, the. Yeah, it's three fifty-five. It's the longest so three, far. So. Okay. It's not the longest on the album. The longest on the album is Proto World. But yeah, this is the this is almost four minutes. So it's clearly the longest song to this point. So the reason I bring this up is because there is some, and I, it didn't it didn't dawn on me until this song, where there is some influence. I think. Of despite them saying there's none, I saw the interview. Um, I feel a little bit of the local fuzz coming in in this way. There are so many tempo changes, mm-hmm. and you talked, you addressed it with Sexecutioner, mm-hmm. and but coming in hot is where I really noticed it. Just in this song, in that short three minutes and fifty five seconds, it's just it's riddled with tempo changes, mm-hmm. and it, it they all blend together so well. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment where I feel like towards the end, I think the final tempo change where there's a moment where it's like, wait, did we change songs already? And, and, and we didn't, it's still the same song. And, but that continuity that was missing in the local fuzz exists in this song where it, it all does come back with all the tempo changes, everything fits, everything matches together. And I don't, I'm wondering if this song, so Sexecutioner was in drop C and I'm wondering if coming in hot, I, I think coming in hot is also. And so it's just that deep, kind of crungy sound and, and, and they're playing with, with rhythm and tempo and, and, and Pantella, he's on his toes for this album or this yeah. song. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got some big thumping toms in that first minute. I love the mid tempo riff at the start. I was kind of ho- hoping for a mid tempo song so it did, but it does soon get faster. Mm-hmm. And that last minute is faster, but sort of funky as well in that in that last minute. I'm not as sure as you that it hangs together, particularly that last minute. It, it felt like a separate minute that belongs that they've tacked onto this one. So I'm, mm-hmm. I, I don't completely agree with with you on that. I. Definitely needed a different tempo, and I do like this song. I kind of found myself a little disappointed when they stepped away from that lovely mid-tempo riff, that stomping riff that they opened with. So, um, mm. But that's, that's not what they're going for in this album, and I understand that. Uh, I think there's something to be said, though. And I, In fact, I watched a documentary on Master of Puppets the other day that where they spoke about the third song on that album, The Thing That Should Not Be. Is that the third song? I think. But, yeah, they spoke about the fact that we just needed a song to to break up the album a bit, and that was an easy song to play and an, an easy mid-tempo riff. 
but it just provided a balance to the album. And I was looking for that here and I thought, oh, good, I'm going to get it. And then they jumped back into their sort of faster stuff. Uh, still a good song. I still enjoyed it. Isn't track four on that album Sanitarium? Which, oh, so, definitely, yeah. which is which is the ballad. Right. Well, by this, by Metallica standards at yeah. that time. Mm. Um, but they, yeah, just, I, they just needed a mid-tempo stomper. So it's interesting that you say that because I didn't feel that necessarily about this song. But by the time we get to track six, um, which does go back, it has a, it's got a cool flanger effect on the guitar. Uh, it does harken back to old school atomic bitch wax, but that's the one that and it's a, it's a ripping song. Oh yeah. But, so should we move on to that? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Um, now we didn't talk about this pre uh, in our pre podcast meeting. So this has a, a curse word in the title. We're both teachers. So to avoid getting sacked, let's call this F face. Fair enough. Um, and yes, this is another instrumental. And it's by the time we get to this point in the album is where, so I'm good and here's where I need to change. Mm -hmm. And so I'm finding that this is the song that, so I've been listening to this as I've been, you know, driving around to mm -hmm. pass, pass the time collecting and firewood. collecting firewood. And, uh, and this, this, this album sounds amazing in the car, by the way. Um, but this is usually, but when I get to this song, if I'm going to skip ahead, I'll skip ahead on this one. And it's it's not the song itself. I think it's the placement of the song. I think that if this song came at some other point in the album, it would get more of my attention, but sort of maybe in line with what you were talking about, this is the moment where I need I need something a little different. Okay. Yeah, I felt that way about it. Most of my listening's been through headphones. And this, I think, is a good headphone song. So maybe give it a try that way. Mm. Because there's some nice background swirling guitar effects and some subtle spacey sounds throughout that give it some depth that you mightn't, and I certainly didn't, pick up you know, on your first few listens through. through I noticed... Song. They definitely have the flange pedal going, the flanger pedal going on this, and that was that is a cool kind of um, uh, sort of a different, a little bit of a different sound from mm. what we've been getting, and probably more in line with what we would have gotten in earlier, earlier Bitchwax. It's a little more metallic than their other instrumentals, let less cosmic heavy, so less groove. Uh, we still get those lovely Pantella you know, the, the booming Pantella kit. I really like the song. I found myself, I would have loved just a little something extra on it, like a breakdown or a tempo change or something just to round it out a little bit. I still thought it was a very nice listen. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I was, this one is one that where I was kind of, I guess I was okay with it to just sort of wrap up and, and be done and move us back into the yep and which it does and then it pushes us into the next track which is yep. proto world proto world yep. proto world um and in this one is it's like, like the whole 
I think this is no this is this the longest track on the I think the yeah. actually the last song is the longest track. I love this one. This one's close. And but this album moves so fast, you don't really have time to get bored. And this is another one of those songs where again we've got tempo changes, and at the two minute thirty mark, we we, we get this we get this whole other rhythm change. Um, we get the the breakdown with the cowbell, but it's not even. It's not obnoxious cowbell. It's not ironic cowbell. Mm. It's 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 exactly. It, it's just everybody take a break, get a breather. It's it keeps everything moving. It I, this song when it the beginning of the song. Um, I prefer the end of the song over the beginning of the song. But the song again, it builds up and does exactly what it needs to do. And again, we have those tempo changes that are sort of holding it all together. Yep. Yeah, I love that cowbelly bit. And the big Pantella toms are there again. The This one was chosen. There's a link to a list that I've sent to you, and I'll put on the show notes, by a fellow from a website called Metal Injection, I think, who listed his favorite 150 albums of the decade. And, this, and Gravitron was on his list, and this is the song he chose uh, to represent oh. the album which I thought was interesting. Uh, it does hang hang together really nicely, this song, I thought. It's a, it's a nice, uh, you know, nicely written song. It's got a punk feel, I found, mm-hmm. in that opening riff and the, the attitude of the song. There's some fun lyrics. Gravity, don't bother me. Hope you brought your battle axe. <laughs> Surprise attack. I got the power of a Cadillac. There's some fun... I suspect it's cosmic lyrics and um, just, yeah, a really good song, a, a really well-written song with a with a great feel-good groove throughout and some lovely work from every band member throughout it. Really good song. Kosnick definitely did a lot more of the heavy lifting on the lyrics on this album, which is different from the previous two, and I noticed that his lyrical style is more imagery laden right he's sort of presenting to you what he hears or sees Mm. um whereas uh ryan's lyrics are more sort of introspective he's going more sort of feeling based and i like i like I, i enjoy both and in fact when when ryan stepped up to the lyric writing and the 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 third and fourth album it was just kind of like okay well this is this is a nice change and I, we we complimented the lyrics heavily um now with that said i do feel like cosmic's lyrics are still goofy i guess is the best way i can come up with to describe yeah. them um but i like i'm i can i 100% can get behind these worlds that he's he's painting this picture he's painting for us through yeah. through his imagery laden lyrics and this mm-hmm. this this song is does a good job of that yeah there's a lot of sort of almost pop culture kind of references um there's a lot of um, you know t- talk about what it's like to be in a band and sort of girls and things that they've run into over the years so they are personal, I think, in a way, mm. a sort of glimpse into the life of being in a band like this and the sort of things you talk about and, and encounter. 
through your travels. Great. But there's and no lyrics on the next one. No, they're not. Down with the swirl. So here it is. I'm but there sure are keyboards. There are keyboards. And so that's Pantella, right? Well, it says he, he's playing the piano. Right. It's always it's been Cosnick on the keyboard. Yeah, right. I suspect this is Cosnick. Okay. It didn't. Yeah. The, the credits here were a little sparse hmm. compared to all the everything that I'm hearing on this album. I'm definitely yeah. hearing things that aren't credited. Hmm. There's also um, a shaker. <laughs> that, that's Pantella. Yeah, that's gonna um, be funky bass. This, oh man, this is so. I love, I love the bass riff on this song. Yeah, um, I love the, I, I love what there's like that. Ryan, Finn Ryan's playing. There's sort of like this southern rock feel from Finn Ryan, and I mm. didn't. Is he? I, I, I'm not, and I meant to do this. I meant to look up where he's. Is he from New Jersey, as well, or does he have more country fried roots? Because I hear some of it in his playing, which doesn't really mean anything. Um, I think Core this... was a New Jersey band. Okay. And he was in Core. I, yeah. I think his influences are Southern. Yeah. I don't know if he himself is Southern. So, again, as I mentioned before, I was listening to this in the car. And the solo where it just comes ripping in right from the middle of everything and it in in the mix so as i'm listening to it in the car the mix of the balance of the way everything's spread around it it i'm not i can't i'm going to probably do a terrible job of describing this but everything just sort of falls away and got quiet and the guitar solo just literally just comes screaming out of right in front of me and mm -hmm. everything, the way that this was mixed, everything else just falls down again, lets him in. And then, and it's not, he's not in for long. And then he backs off and everything just kicks right back up again. Mm. The, the production value of this song is so well done. Yep. Yeah. So it's really well produced, but with a really retro vibe coming through the funky bass and the keys and the shaker and so a great combination of the old and the new and brought back to mind some of the instrumentals that I loved on their first couple of albums. Smokescreen yes. was one. I mean, it's a faster song than Smokescreen, but that was one of my favourites that was off the second album. This is so certainly, this is, certainly up there with my favourite instrumentals of theirs. Right. This is It's this one. and it's So when I get to War Claw, it's always like, this is my favourite. And then I get to this one, it's like, nah, never mind. This is my favourite one. But I can't. I can't land on one, and then I hear War Claw, and I go back again. So, yeah, I almost dubbed this. You know, I I now pronounce this my favorite bitch wax <laughs> instrumental. But then I listened to Smoke Screen again and thought, ah, oh, <laughs> I can't. I, it's a damn good song though. Yeah. Mm. Well done, bitch wax. This was that was a thoroughly entertaining song. So we're coming towards the end of the album now. We've got Roseland. The, this one, and I was wrong on, this one had sort of a, I, I wondered if this one feels more Finn Ryan-esque to me. Yep. Yeah, it's certainly um, the poppiest song on the album. Maybe it's right. just the ooh-ooh-ooh in the, in the chorus. B yeah, maybe. I, but it's the one that most reminded me of a, like, three- or maybe four, had three or four so, sort of song. Is it? Is this about a? Do you know the venue they're singing about? This is a New oh, York. So venue. yes, have you been there. Uh, no, I've not been there. But um, when 
I had, when I was first listening to this, I was like, this has got to be about the Roseland Ballroom, right? And the the only thing I know of it is that I know of it because so many classic recordings have been done in, in the Roseland Ballroom. Um, and so I'm just familiar with just seeing it in credit. Like anytime a band comes out with, you know, you get their B-sides and it's live recordings. And more often than not, at least a couple of the songs are going to be live at Roseland Ballroom. Mm-hmm. And it just, I, I guess it was known for its sound. And it did theater productions as well, but it really hit with music. And it closed down in 2013. Right. And so when I was first listening, I was, I was wondering, is this an homage to to Roseland Ballroom? And then and then I saw the story on it. And it's, it's not. I mean, maybe it is. But the story goes back to his comet hitting Earth oh. and and oh, okay. his the fictitious ex-girlfriend of the song being at the roseland ballroom watching a show i think and somehow whoever the protagonist of this story is is able to direct the comet to roseland ballroom because his (laughs) ex-girlfriend's there (laughs) so (laughs) so, but an entertaining song yeah still it is still heavy i mean it's it's the poppiest but it's still much heavier than anything we heard on three for example right right Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, now we move to Ice Age, quotation mark, Hey Baby, in quotation mark, as the last song. It is, we got hand claps. Yeah, so the the first 10 seconds, let's just discuss those briefly. I love the first 10 seconds of this song, and this is that fourth wall thing that I hinted at earlier when we heard him say, all right, at the end of that uh, instrumental, we hear the band members discussing, you know, what are we going to do? Where, where do we start? We, I don't know where the one is. Mm. We need to start from the top. I love that. Yeah. that the, I've listened to that first 10 seconds over and over because it, it's such a nice touch to, to get an insight into the band members starting a song. And then... It really then when that massive guitar sound starts, it's almost like whoa! Hey, I thought they didn't know what they were doing, but then all of a sudden we've got this huge opening riff, uh, and the hand claps are, are going right throughout that that first ten seconds, and then right throughout the song. But yeah, great I, start to the song. I love this song. Mm. I just I love this song. It does not. Um, again, it, it probably has to be, we talked about this with a couple of, of their other songs. It doesn't, I don't know how you would fit it in the middle. It, this definitely has to be a last track. Mm. Um, it, the, uh, so it, the groove, the riff, there's sort of a straightforward simplicity to it. But there's not, and that's and that that's sort of that conversation at the beginning points at. It's like you can you get the sense that once they find that groove, they can just lay into it and just play that groove all night long if they have to. But you can't you can't fabricate that. You've got to right. There's there's a difference of when you've warmed that groove up and you've been playing it for two minutes versus just immediately jumping in on that groove, and and they and that's what they do, right? Mm. They don't they don't have time to find it. They've got to start with it. Mm. And so, and so it's a me, it's just a matter of just hitting it and going, right. It's a matter of 
it's like if your driveway led straight on to the to the freeway right you got you don't have time to speed up you got to hit that freeway at 60 miles an hour it's like driving in jakarta like driving in jakarta and so i i i I love that they as you said break that fourth wall where they're like okay well right you get that sense that they weren't and then they finally hit it and they went and you get that that sort of celebratory uh what does he does he shout yeah or i don't remember what he says at the end but there's that where we did it we nailed that yeah 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 he does he does yell at the end uh woo at the end was that it okay right um i See, I'm, I mean, I'm not used to playing in bands that play this kind of music. So I, to me, it sounded like their simplest song by far mm-hmm. on any album so far in terms of the, I mean, I, this almost made me want to start a cover band just to play this song. <laughs> I don't know what instrument I'd play. Maybe the hand clap. <laughs> Even that, you got to stay constant through the whole song. That doesn't yeah, change. Yeah, you can't let up, can't let up with the hand clap. And uh, the backwards guitar. Let's not ignore the backwards guitar. Ah, uh, yeah. That I first solo it. that comes in is backwards. I love that. I love it. I love it. Uh, it's. You look. Have you seen the film clip to this? No. Oh, yeah. there's a link to it. Is it on our So own? it's not just the Finn Ryan backward guitar solo, but you look at him in that film clip, and and that's where my guitar god, Finn Ryan, uh, sort of becomes. A visual thing he's yeah he's like hendrix reincarnated at that moment hmm. it's a cool it's, film clip actually a really spacey film clip it's got Kosnick wearing his aviators that he always wears but he's got a beanie on as well so that <laughs> that also made me want to rush out and buy a beanie even though it's 30 degrees every day well you know 100 degrees in your language here every day i will uh definitely check that out since we're back uh, there's that so there, nice uh, Cosnick. And again, here we're seeing that thing that I've said before, Cosnick can sing. And again, we're seeing it here. And he's opening himself in vocally in ways that there's no way he would have done on those first few albums. That no. bit where the whole band stops and he goes a cappella. Yep. And just lets it rip. Yeah. So that really shows how far he's come as a vocalist. Uh, it's uh, really well. that The production that's strong right throughout the album is, again, a highlight here. And uh, there's also a really nice climax to this song, which some of the other songs kind of let me down in that way. This one actually builds to a really fitting finale to the song and a fitting finale to what I thought was an excellent album. Yeah, and then and then the woo at the end just topped it off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm doing it. I'm going out on a limb here. I'm calling this my favorite bitch wax album. Is it? Mm, wow. I hear, you, I hear you hesitating, but this is this one. I, I, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. I put it on. I hit play. It brings me joy. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeking the joy where I can find it, and this album gives it to me. I'm sticking. I'm planting my flag on four. And I'm reluctant to move it at this point. I if there were one or two more like Ice Age and one or two less like oh, I don't know, some of the 
I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be critical. It's a great album. I, I prefer four. That's all. Just, just let's let's just leave it at that. <laughs> leave it there. But you know, they're both great albums. Um, so where are you at on your favorite track? Mm, gee, I've almost talked myself into Ice Age. I, the first time I heard Ice Age, straight away I said, this is my favorite song on the album. This is it. It's not going to mm-hmm. change. It's Ice Age, and it's not going to be one of those things where something else grows on me. This is my favorite song. I think I've just listened to it so many times and just watched that film clip over and over again that I might have saturated myself with Ice Age and I think I'm going to go with No Way Man, the second song for the the Finn Ryan solo extravaganza and the and the nice the contrast between the the uh, sort of helmety stop start riffs throughout the verses and the, and the groovy choruses. So yeah, I'll go with the second song. No way, so man. What's funny about this is No Way Man was the one that I was originally going to pick and ended up. Uh, it was, I think, the last couple of days as I've been listening to this again. As soon as Ice Age Baby, Hey Baby is done, I go back and listen to it again. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, wait, I need to hear that one more time. And yeah. so I've got, I'm, I'm gonna have to go Ice Age, Hey Baby. Okay. Yeah. But it's 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 funny how we both that yeah. that that flip that happened there. We oscillated. Um, and then and then I needed somewhere, and I think that's where I sort of came up with this qualification of favorite instrumental track because I couldn't let "Down with the Swirl" and "War Claw" go completely unnoticed. Yeah. So, but I still yeah, haven't figured the, out which one. The was. instrumentals are great on this album, and "Down with the Swirl" is. Up there, as I said, with my my favourites of all. So yeah, great great stuff. Which, hmm, which makes me wonder what all music were thinking when, and this was not my man, uh, River Dahlia. This is Fred Thomas. Uh, he said, while Gravitron is a study in stoner rock riffing and undoubtedly tight playing, the album grows tedious quickly, mm. offering. Offering little in the way of new ideas for even the most dyed in the wool devotee of 70s styled road rock. The 10 songs here span just over half an hour, but begin to feel endless before the halfway point. The band takes very few compositional risks, despite pinpoint production and more than capable playing, and by its end, Gravitron starts feeling like a listless exercise. Even in its technical perfection, the songs sound more rehearsed than dangerous. Hmm. Yeah. But gonna have to agree to disagree with Fred, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Freddie Freddie needs to put it on the car, maybe, Fred. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't know. It's it's it, always it, hard, you know. You can't say that every al- as a as a music writer, you can't say every album's great. I think he's missed the mark here though. I, I think so. He you know what? He, here here's the thing if I could speak to Freddie, is that those mornings when we put it on and we're having breakfast and my 21-month-old daughter is just just dancing away with the big old grin on her face. You can't ignore that. Mm. Um, it's just, it, it appeals to all ages. Mm-hmm. It, it, it catches us all. Mm. I, just, I, think, I really think, I mean, if I had to pick a least favorite track, it was I'd already addressed it. We're talking about track six. Um, 
that that would and and it's i think it's more just it's nothing against the track itself it's just the placement Mm. right so if i were to listen to it on shuffle which i wouldn't because we're on shuffle we wouldn't wouldn't. but if this was to come up like so i don't i the the vinyl's in the mail it's coming to me um and i'm wondering if that's not the starter for side b Mm. which and i'm great I, I think if that's a starter for side B, I'm all in. Mm. Uh, and it will, it's just as a mid, as a mid track, it sort of loses me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's try, the probably not. try the headphones. Yeah, we'll do. It's one, I think it's a grower. All right. So now that brings us to the band Brownlow, doesn't it? The band Brownlow, which we are now keeping track of. I think Kosnick's got an unassailable lead in this thing just quietly, which you'd expect from being the only guy that's actually played on every album. Maybe do I ad- the average rather than even on the averages, he's going to be tough to beat. Well, do I admit that uh, tallying this kind of, I, I was torn on who my winner was going to be. Have you let the telly influence your final? I season? did kind. Of, I did let the telly. I needed. I needed something to push me, and, and the tally did it. All right. So who'd you go with? I went with Pantella. Ah, uh, I love this again. This album again. I'm. I was excited about the drum sound again. Mm. Uh, I felt it the first album, and um, I'm definitely feeling it again with this album. But is it the sound or the playing? I mean, uh, it's both. No, sorry. It is. It is the playing. We can't vote for the technician here, right? Uh, it is. It, um, it is. It is the playing. It is again. It's the. It's the. It's the tempo changes. It's just the cool. There's so many songs on here where he just does these cool drum breaks, mm. and there is. Um, is it? Shoot, is it down with the swirl or coming in hot? I didn't mark it down. Um, but yeah, they're coming in hot or down with the swirl, where everybody just stops and lets him go. Mm. And it's he's he's they're they're letting him break out and and I don't feel that this is I feel this is the first time I've really heard him, although you gave him for the last one, yeah. I, but I feel like this is where they've really just let him go. Like yeah. he's just been allowed to kind of open up and have at it. Yeah. So he he got my top spot. I certainly think that just as Finn Ryan changed the band, the introduction of Finn Ryan. Uh, for three, I think we're seeing the effects of Pantella now and the the effect he's had on the band. And I think he does that more metallic edge that we're talking about and that faster, more muscular sound, I think is in large part due to Pantella's more metal drumming. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a big Pantella fan myself. Uh, my three went to Finn Ryan which you're probably not surprised. Uh, we hear less of his vocals here, but, yeah, his soloing throughout is uh, he's taken that to a new level. And I think this is for the first time since Mundell's departure, this is, oh, yeah, we're back to being a guitar-y band as well. So well done, Finn Ryan, on your... Uh, transmogrification into guitar god <laughs> my uh so the 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 bottom two spots they're the ones i finally landed on 
Kosnick is my next one, and I put Finn Ryan at the bottom. This is again not a nothing about Finn Ryan, what he's offering here. I mm. was looking for what was that thing that was. I love, I love the riffs that Kosnick's playing. He's singing over most of them, which is not not easy. Um, and I just I love going back to sort of that imagery laden songwriting. I love, I, I really I enjoyed the picture that's being painted here. Mm-hmm. Right, the, the, that with with this album and 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 I, his the little, just even in his vocal stylings, the little kind of nuances that he sort of has found confidence with. He's definitely found confidence, and and we mentioned this already with with Ice Age, Hey Baby, but he's found confidence in his singing voice, and and instead of maybe in the earlier albums, kind of hiding behind insecurities, he's just it's it's out there now. It's just this is how I sing, and this is the way it goes, and, and I. I, I like it. Um, and, it's been, <laughs> and he does that slacker drawl, which um, <laughs> great. I, I love it. The uh, and then Finn Ryan, you're absolutely right. He is he is a hundred percent showing us that the man, and we knew this, but the man can play. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so look, I'm going to give my two to Pantella just because I don't want them all to end up with four votes again. Um, but could have easily given it to Kosnick. Uh, Pantella, though, as much to his drum technician as as to Pantella himself. So the team, let's give it to Team Pantella, hmm. the two votes. And Kosnick, it's still his band and they're still his songs and it's a great album. So well done, Chris Kosnick, on uh, where you've managed to take this band over the two and a half decades or whatever it's been that since their inception. Rockstar Cosmic. Rockstar Cosmic. Beanie and Aviators. <laughs> Beanie and Aviators. That's going to be my band. And when I start with Beanie and Aviators. That's going to be my new look. <laughs> um, all right. Well, great. So Thunder Boogie. We Thunder Boogied right through this one. Um, and we are moving on to, we've got Force Field coming up. And we're gonna, yep. I'll, I'll be putting that in today. Good, yeah, makes sense. Close to a new one, actually. And then, uh, and then Scorpio, which, what, how, what? Do you have a? Let me pull up a calendar. What does that do for us? Because we're, if we're about two weeks on. Scorpio is the 29th. 29th. Get us through to Force Field. Will get us through to late May. We, there might be a few days where we're bitch kind of waiting. All right. That might be the time to start making that list for what's next because yeah we're definitely getting be, there. yeah we, we are it's fast approaching so uh real quick but, but I'm, I'm gonna tell you my overkill story real quick just because yes. you had a Please. so i used to i used to work at this gas station right i made pizzas at this gas station this is back when i lived in iowa All right. and uh this guy that, comes in out of nowhere who that was I before had, you uh changed you cleaned windscreens at the pizza shop but before that, before that. Um, and so uh, the this guy comes in while I'm making my pizzas and he's like, out of nowhere, he's like, hey, by chance, do you play bass? And I was like, what? yes, I, I do, actually. And he's like, look, our bass player just quit. We need a new bass player. Uh, we've got a tour booked. We're opening for Overkill, but our, we just lost our bass player. Is there any way? Here's my number. Call me. You can come over. We'll teach you the songs and we need to, so we can, we can go on with this tour. And I was like, 
I, I, this is amazing, right? This this is amazing. I've been discovered <laughs> at the pizza counter of a gas station. Where was um, the tour? Was it to like Russia or something? Where where, where were they? It was going? supposed. To, it was it was Northern European. It was a Northern European tour. Really? And so, um, so I call the guy, right? I'm ready to go. I yeah. ready to quit my job. I'm ready to do this. Call the guy. Did you he tell? No, did you throw your apron at, your, at the box of the pizza? I was about ready to. I'm out of here. And I'm like, hey man, I'm the bass player. I'm ready to. I'm ready to come. Let's do this. And he has no idea who I am. He has no recollection of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the band. He had a band. The bass player quit. There was no tour with Overkill. The whole thing was just. I don't even know what it was. But that was my. My pseudo almost going on a world tour with Overkill story <laughs> that never happened. Do you know what his band was called? I don't remember. I oh, if you if you gave me a, I'm not going to sit here and think about it. But if All you right. gave me a moment, next I could podcast, come up with it. listeners, yeah. join us next next podcast as we <laughs> reveal the band. There. So it was just like some figment of his imagination. It was just some. Nutter, who was probably, I don't know, he was probably sung, cranked up or something when he came into the gas station. I, who knows? Who knows? Right. I have never ran into the guy again. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well. So it goes. Iowa, mm. what are you going to do? <laughs> Good story. Yeah. Um, mm. what, are you, what are you expecting from Forcefield? I'm more of the same. I am expecting more of the same. Yeah, there's no lineup change for this one. No. I've had it all I know about it apart from I mean I haven't listened to it, but the the song lengths are very similar to the one we've just covered. So I'm I'm expecting uh Gravitron part two. Yeah, so am I. There's only there's a two year difference between between I think I think this is no, that's not true. One and two were only a year apart. But this is we've not seen this quick of a turnaround mm. in, in quite a while from them. So yep. I, I I agree. I'm imagining mm. uh Gravitron too. Yep. Um hopefully they're in the same studio because I love the sound on this. So let's hope for more of the same. And I agree. if it's another very similar album, I'll be quite happy indeed for the next two weeks. Yes, as well. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, hopefully you are too, listeners. Uh, so grab yourself a copy of Force Field. You can get it in different ways, but Bandcamp's one of them. You can ideally get the physical media, and uh, you can join us on this journey into music intentionality. Don't forget to contact us. Reach out. We've got a website, unshuffledpod.com. We're on Twitter, at unshuffledpod, and we have a yet-to-be-used Gmail account, but you could be the first, and I guarantee if you email us at unshufflepod at Gmail, we will read your email on this podcast. So please reach out. We hope you're enjoying Atomic Bitch Wax as much as we are. Uh, they're sadly, when you know, we're not long from the end. I, As much of it as I've enjoyed them, I am looking forward to our next band, so that's something that we'll unpack uh, yeah. In the next few weeks as well, we'll we'll work out what our next band's going to be and put plenty of thought into that. We'll probably have a separate episode where we choose our next band. I'm looking forward to putting that list together again. 
Yeah, we'll we'll deal with that in a couple of episodes' time, but yeah. mm, we need to think very carefully because it's a lot of time to spend with one band, as we've found over the last three weeks, especially now we're in isolation. <laughs> it, sure, it sure is. Like it's just us, our families, and atomic bitch wax. <laughs> <laughs> so all right big, well big choice but uh yeah so thanks scott thanks listeners thank you small stone and seven planets for the great intro music and you'll hear another little taste of it in the outro in a moment uh, but please log on and, and check out small stones catalog and while you're there grab yourself a copy of seven planets the uh magnificent uh stoner instrumental masterpiece yeah thank you all it's it's may but apparently stay warm i guess is in order <laughs> and uh and, and stay healthy thank yeah, you all you, for listening yeah no danger of that here in jakarta we're we're always warm <laughs> and hopefully we will always be healthy we'll uh let's hope all our listeners stay healthy and and keep listening to music it's it's about all we've got to hold on to at the moment mm. Mm. yes yes Thank you, listeners, and we'll catch you in a couple of weeks for Force Field. See you then. Bye. Bye.